Some things are stronger than blood. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Welcome everyone to the Death Star Dispatch podcast. My name is Fred, one of your hosts, and joining me as always, we have Talking With My Hans. How are you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm doing much better than I was because I had such a long day today. But we get to talk to one of my favorite Twitter followers. It's a real honor to have him on, Fred. Why don't you tell us who's joining us today? The wonderful, wonderful human that's joining us today goes by Depa Banana on Twitter. Uh, his real name is Connor, which I learned today, by the way. I didn't know what his name was because every time I see him, all I think about is Depa Balaba and bananas. And but Jedi Fallen Order. There you go. Jedi Fallen Order is pretty much his bread and butter. He knows the in and outs of the game as a whole, really appreciates the story and what it gave to us as a Star Wars fandom. And we had a really great conversation with him today. And I really can't wait for everybody to listen to this one because it's going to be one of the best podcasts that we do all year for sure. Yeah, dude. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order is something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. I feel like a lot of people just kind of cast it to the side for now since most people have already played through the whole story. They know the in and outs of it for the most part, but not like our friend Depa Banana does. Well, then in that case, let's just let him tell us, Fred. Let's let him tell us. Folks, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and I do hope you follow along for future episodes. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Connor, a.k.a. Depa Balaba is my Star Wars mother, a.k.a. at Depa Banana. Our mistakes are in the past, and it's all of our responsibility, and it's about what we do next that's important. So, Connor, Depa Banana, Depa Balaba is my mother. Is my Star Wars mother. Is my Star Wars mother. Not his biological mother, though that would be pretty nice. That would be more than nice. That would be the coolest thing of all time. Agreed. And it would also be kind of suspect because she's a Jedi. So we would have to... There's a and couple layers also there. Fake. She's also faking in space. Yeah. Lots so of layers on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I need to know the story. How on earth did you come up with Depa Banana... And Depa Balaba is my Star Wars mother for your Twitter handle. Okay, so starting off, I think I'm pretty sure just my full name was my Twitter handle um, at first. But then it was last fall, I went to my local comic book shop near my college. I'm graduated now, but I went with a, one of my roommates to go there. And I went there just to get the Darth Vader comics by Charles Soule. And then I decided to get the Kanan comics because they were, they were priced pretty decently. And I'm like, oh, cool, Kanan, you know, Star Wars Rebels, this is cool. I want to, I've been meaning to, I've been kind of meaning to read this. Um, so I got them, read through them, loved Depa Balaba as a character. And I'm like, wait, she was like super minor, a super minor background character in Phantom Menace. And now she's getting all this dope characterization and just like, she just exuded sort of this motherly wise quality about her. So like, that's pretty much how Depa Balaba is my Star Wars mother was born. And I'm like, cause I was just pretty much just like, she would make a great mother. I'm, I'm dead serious. You and just owned it. You just like stepped up to the plate and you're just like, 
this is this is how I feel about this character. I'm gonna yeah. let everybody know. Exactly. And then Defo Banana was just a sort of play on my last name, and my last name is Chiquiti. And my gym teacher in elementary school would always go Chiquita Banana. Yes. So... I knew exactly where that was going. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, this guy's about to say the banana brand. <laughs> So then I just substitu- substituted um, Chiquita with Depa and just kept that there. So that's really where it came from. This is the greatest origin story of all time. <laughs> I've got to say, this is perfect. It's kind of wild that you like went in and you were like, I'm going to find one of the best Star Wars comics written in canon. And then you're yeah, like, dude. wait, canon looks cool. And then you just like completely did a right turn. And you're like, wait, this minor background character is even awesomer. And then just <laughs> right? completely owned it. Exactly. Like, Greg Wiseman just killed it with that comic. Those are I, some very, very good comics. I do like – I read those, actually, and I they are some of my favorite ones. And it's kind of funny because they did a great job on the Kanan comic, but the actual book, the a New Dawn book that covers Kanan's backstory, like with him and Hera, I did not really like. I don't know if they had any – like I don't. When did the Kanan comic comic come out? Like, did that come out? Twenty fifteen, I want to say. So that was like right. I think that was maybe probably not even a year after a new dawn came out. They must have had some sort of conversation back and forth between the two authors, you know, within the story group or whatever. But yeah. the fact that the Kanan comic turned out so well and the a new dawn book did not is kind of suspicious to me. Interesting. But, in any case, I'm glad you did like those comics because they are underrated. I hate using that word because, you know, we're on Twitter and that's like the the Twitter word of the decade is underrated. Empire Strikes Back is underrated. Like Stop. just if you agree. Stop. Bro. Revenge of the Sith is an underrated masterpiece. Yeah, if I I'm see sad. that tweet if I see that tweet one more time, I'm gonna quit Twitter. You this already a, know you're gonna see it again though. <laughs> Dude, I see I can't tell you how many times I see that tweet. On the I, daily. I think we should quit, Connor. Next time we see it, me and you just do a We're done. hashtag. We out. It's <laughs> over. Well, what am <laughs> I like, supposed to do then? No, you got to hold down the fort. Oh, crap. you got to keep our spirits alive. <laughs> you can. I'll send you a Photoshop picture of me and Connor as Force Ghosts. Yeah, right. On Endor, <laughs> you can just keep our spirit alive. <laughs> exactly. Can yes. I be edited as Luke Skywalker looking yes. at the Force Ghosts? Looking yes. at them. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. I approve. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, you know what? I'm happy that you attached yourself to like this background can uh, background character from the Phantom Menace because it reminds me a lot of myself. I I have a very strong attachment to Shmi, and I know she's not a background character, but she's she's a character that a lot of people are just like, okay, it's Anakin's mom. She's yeah. there to just further his story, which in yeah, that's true, but I love her character. And she is a great mother, too. Maybe oh, I dude, need... Agreed. I think next week, my Twitter name is going to be Shmi Skywalker is my Star Wars mother. In a honor huge... Of you, in honor huge of you, honor. in honor of Shmi, in honor of the Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, in honor of all the background characters out there that don't get enough appreciation, Shmi Skywalker is my Star Wars mother. If you're listening to this and you saw this link on Twitter... You already know that this has happened. You know what, Connor? I got to tell you, you being Depo Blamba is my Star Wars mother. 
really represent a large percentage of Star Wars fans. Not so much for liking Depa Balaba as much as you do, but for the fact that you have attached yourself so keenly onto a background character that literally showed up for maybe 10 or 15 total seconds in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like one of, I don't know if we've talked about this, Fred, but it's one thing that's very, very unique to the Star Wars franchise. People cling onto characters that they know literally nothing about. Boba yeah. Fett, okay? Can we talk about Boba Fett really quick? Boba Fett, Wilro Hood. If you um, guys like Boba Fett, okay, and this is going to offend you, I'm sorry, but like, I understand why y'all love him. I mean, he's got the, one of the coolest designs ever. I cannot say anything bad about his, his character design. I mean, he's a freaking bounty hunter. He's super cool. He has but spurs. He had spurs. Like, and a really cool sound effect with it, right? But what else, bro? He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He fires so, at Luke in Empire, tries to fire at him again in Return of the Jedi, and gets blindsided by a blind Han Solo. That was the greatest pun ever. <laughs> blindsided by the blind. And yeah, Boba Fett. <laughs> and he had a few, and he had a few <laughs> lines here and there. Yeah, Connor, do you have any other characters that you attach yourself to as, you know, like minor background characters not named Defa Bala? But like, hmm. I know this is going off script a little bit, but uh, like I, I can name like three characters script, that I'm man. like, and I'm like, I love this guy. I know nothing about you. Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, um, uh, what's They gotta be name? like minor though. Like they gotta- Oh make- no, I have one. Um, Torin Far, AKA- Yes. Um, what's the line? I can't think of it. We're gonna wait on you. I'm I'm blanking. It. It, she's in Empire. Yeah. For those listening, she's in Empire Strikes Back. She says, um, "Yes, yeah, she's the girl that recognizes the the Empire is coming." Yes, it's not even that, but like she says, um, "Stand by, Ion Control." Yes. Fire. Like yes. I rewatched Empire, and I'm like, I like her. She's got <laughs> something. There's an energy about you yeah, that's there's, really there's palpable. Some energy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So There's a lot of far. characters in, in Empire that people do that with, too, because, like, like we just mentioned, Boba Fett, but also all of the bounty hunters that were in that scene, people love them. I got to be real. Bosk is my favorite bounty hunter. I don't know why. He's just cool. He's like a lizard guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's cool. Uh, but also, staying on the Rebellion side, General Reiken, or Riken, however you pronounce that. General Riken. Everyone loves him, too, and I stand Riken's by good. that. And like you mentioned, Wilro Hood, dude, running Will around with ice cream. Dude, celebration with the running of the hoods. That was like the when I found ever. out found out about that, I was I was on cloud nine, man. That was that was <laughs> awesome. Ian, how about you? You got two favorite background minor characters? To be honest with you, the one that I really, really love is Captain Vaughn from the new season of the Clone Wars. He is just captivating. Love Captain Vaughn. Love the outfit. Love the visor with the Ahsoka thing. It's awesome. Love Captain Vaughn. For a while, actually, a lot of the minor characters I love are clones. For a while, I was, a big, I was a big Commander Gree guy. Love Gree. Yes. But like, but like Gree, Gree in the Clone Wars is kind of like mid. Like in his season one episode where he's just like got his silly green armor on. But like in Revenge of the Sith when he's got the cult, like the camo and the green eyes. I'm like, that's cool. I loved Commander Gree. I know his, you would have. 
you guys would appreciate that one because you guys are big uh, prequel stands. I'm looking around at my uh, yeah. It's just I loved Commander Grease. Like when I I remember so Revenge of the Sith was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure when I saw Commander Grease, like before he got beheaded, I was like, "That's a cool design. I want that in. I want that as a costume." He's definitely up there on that list. Ah, there was another one I was thinking of. The one that keeps uh, popping into my mind that's not really minor, but I guess is kind of minor, is Dexter Jetster. I love Dexter. He's not really a minor. He's not like the like on the minor character scale we're talking about, where they're like in a shot for two seconds and then they're gone. But like, he is definitely up there on my list. I love that, man. I love Dexter Jester. Me too. I mean, but here's the thing. There's a lot of minor characters now that aren't so minor. Like, yeah. Jeff Balaba isn't minor anymore because nope. of the comics and stuff, you know? So, minor can be used loosely here, I suppose. Yeah. But, Someone that's not a primary, secondary, or tertiary character. Someone that has, right. like, less than maybe, I'd say, three or four minutes of screen time is probably a minor character. Yeah, that's fair. For me, granted, I think she probably had about four minutes. Like I said earlier, Shmi, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. I love Shmi. I consider her a minor character because nobody cares, but I care. <laughs> I care deeply. Um, Good. I'm glad that somebody does. She's my Star Wars mother. So um, Shmi, definitely. I love Vaughn too. I- I'm also partial to clones. Clones are just so susceptible to being like favorite yeah. minor characters because they got all the armor. It's just yeah. I- a good look. I really like Commander Colt. Commander yeah. Colt is a badass, man. I don't know. I love that guy. Um, Good one. To pick another one is kind of hard, but, you know, I really like Lobot. Lobot's Dude. a good one. Lobot's a cool guy. Like, Lobot's good. He doesn't speak. Yeah, he's just there. You know, he just he's is. Just there. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. I he love just exists. Lobot. Lobot's a really good one. Oh, there was, there's a couple from the um, – so the, the minorest of minor characters that I really love that pops up in every time I'm like, that's my favorite character is the Nightworm from The Force Awakens. You know when BB-8's rolling through the desert at night and that, that thing comes up and he's like, eat you, butt. And like, that, like, that's the oh, only the thing. Oh, with the red eyes and everything. Yes, yeah. that's my favorite character. <laughs> I freaking love that thing, dude. That thing's so cool. I love that. Every Talking time with it my pops nightworm. up, I'm like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, and as soon as actually the first time I saw the movie, I'm sitting there. That thing came up. I was like, "Ichuta." I was like, "That's my favorite character in the whole movie." I don't care how the rest of this trilogy turns out. Speaking of the Force Awakens, though, Tito, I like Tito a lot. Tito, Tito is fantastic. Tito's good too. There's there's a lot of minor characters that I truly, I really like. One thing to recognize too, even above minor characters is Star Wars for a lot of people isn't about the Force and the Jedi. It's about, like, the creatures and the cantina. Yeah. That aspect of it. Because it's, it's, a, it's a literal whole other world. So you get yeah. all these crazy creatures. And, you know, a lot of people are partial to that. Like, uh, Collector's Hut, he always says, like, the thing for me is creatures. I, I love the cantina scene was my favorite scene in all of Star Wars growing up. And from there on, I just started loving creatures. And then... In, you know, you get into Jabba and Greedo and, you know, you get all these different races too. I love that there's something for everyone in Star Wars. And speaking of that, let's dive into something that you are very, very fond of. And this is how I first recognized you, Connor, on Twitter. And that is Jedi Fallen Order. 
to be fair, like I'm pretty sure a, a lot of people have tweeted at me and have said, dude, I've started to like replay this game because of your tweets. <laughs> and I'm like, I've gotten that a lot. And I'm just like, I'm happy you're, that you're doing some good for the world. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm just happy that like that moves people enough to start replaying or just even playing the game. At those yeah, for sure. And Dude, I pre-ordered the game. It came out. I played it. It is a fantastic game. It like it's kind of like an Indiana Jones, but Star Wars. Not I'm not saying in terms of plot. I'm saying in terms of a game directed towards that. It reminds me of like the old Indiana Jones games for like the first Xbox. Like it has that kind of feel to it where you're running through temples, but it's all it's all Star Wars instead. It is beautiful. I think the characters for me is what makes it. Oh, dude. Yeah. The, the character, the stories is great. Don't get me wrong. The story's great, but they really introduced some fan favorite characters now, uh, including one for me talking of like minor characters. I love Trilla. I think Trilla is one of the coolest characters ever. Dude. Um, she, yeah, she's dope, dude. She's super cool. But of course, everyone's fan favorite, including yours, Cal BD, really cool droid. But Jedi Fallen Order as a whole, what drew you into that game and what's the impact that the game has had on you that has made you into what you have become now, which is like you're known for Jedi Fallen Order on Twitter? Yeah. So I just want to preface by saying first, I'm a Star Wars fan first and like a gamer, like third or fourth. Like I grew up on video games, but like they were never like a huge part of my life as other people as other people have made gaming a huge part of their lives. But with Fallen Order, despite its sort of lackluster announcement at, I think it was E3 2018, I don't know if anyone, if you guys or anyone listening remembers, but like Vince Sampella, the head of Respawn, was in the front row seats. He wasn't even on stage. And, yeah. the, host, and the host is like asking him about the Star Wars game. And he's like, well, it's called Jedi. It's called Jedi Fallen Order. And... Yes. A few other, I mean, maybe mentioned like one or two tidbits and there was like no title card, nothing. That was all we knew. And everyone was like, what the heck, man? And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. It was pretty lackluster, a pretty lackluster announcement for this game. What really drew me in was, I think it was on the EA website or somewhere where like, it was a two-sentence summary of like, uh, set after Order 66, you play as a Padawan on the run from the Empire. And like automatically right there, I was like, hooked. because for me at first, it was all about, will he survive the events of the game or not? Yeah, great call. I just started to get, I just like started to read up on it, any scoops or leaks that I could get a, hand, a, a hold of before Celebration. And then when Celebration happened, like, I'll never forget a friend of mine who isn't that huge into the star into Star Wars like at all. He watches the movies, but like he's not huge into like the extended material. So when he was asking me about this game, he's like, "Oh, who do you think the enemies are going to be?" And I'm like, "In addition to the Empire Inquisitors." And so when the trailer dropped, and I saw and I watched the panel. When the second sister showed up, I like flipped out. And then to find out later on the panel that she was literally in a comic, a, a panel of Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic, I was like, the connective tissue is just 
A plus. They did just, a fantastic job with that comic, by the way. I read that and I actually used it. I did a like because after I played the game, I kind of became obsessed with Trilla there for a hot minute. And so I felt the need to do uh, a character bio on Trilla's entire life from everything we know in canon. So I did that like right after I finished playing through the game. And I, I like you said, the connective tissue there was perfect. I mean, they, they intertwined everything so nice. And they set up her character beautifully. Oh, yeah. Trilla, like, great character. I, dude, I... The Inquisitor, like how Fallen Order sort of, and the writers at least, just like gave the Inquisitors more depth was just like a surprise to me. And I think it's something I didn't realize until like a few months after. I was like, wow, we actually got a pretty surprising amount of depth on the Inquisitors and just sort of how they were made. Like there's not like details and whatnot, but like it sets up a pretty good groundwork for other future authors to tackle that. But, like, dude, when the Ninth Sister showed up in the trailer, I was like, yes, yes. I was so happy, man. And, like, it's funny, too, because I read the comic and I, like, totally forgot at first that she was in the Darth Vader comic. But when I think it was Steve Blank who was on the panel mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, Ninth Sister, Second Sister, Purge Troopers. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> purge, purge Troopers. Purge Troopers. I don't know what it, that's another one of those like armor ones like Commander Gray that I was like these are sick. Oh, like I love I, them. I don't cool I love the classic like with the the big gun. I love those guys. I'm not a huge fan of like the big heavy ones that like throw around the big axe but like the guys that just shoot at you dang, they look those, cool. I can't stand those in combat because they like dodge every yes, time. They are sneaky but man the armor looks so good. I Dude, can't I believe Looks really good. I got to say, too, obviously this is a audio podcast, but we're doing this via Zoom on face call. And watching your face light up talking about Jedi Fallen Order is, like, the coolest thing. Thanks, dude. Watching people light up about the things they love brings so much fucking joy to me. So good. Dude, right? love it, man. Like, just to see, like – the twinkle in someone's eye when they're talking about something that truly means something to them. Oh, it gets me every time. I love it. So I, I just had to point that out, man. Um, Fred's a really emotional guy. I, I, yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve. He might start crying here in a little bit. Same dude. No, what do you I'm mean start? I've been. Way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to go back to this, but when they announced this game, when they announced this game, air quotes, you guys can't see it. But when that, when he was sitting there and they're like, well, we have this game coming out. It's called Jedi Fallen Order. It's like he almost forgot like where he was at the time. <laughs> like, this is, I can't imagine Lucasfilm being like sitting there like, this isn't how it was supposed to go down. Yeah. Get your head on straight. Yeah, and no, I, was like, this- I get it, dude. Dude, it's yeah, it, that was and just now looking back on it, it's like, dang, we got we got a true gem of a game. And like I think the best way I can describe Fallen Order in one sentence is it's a solid Star Wars game with a really awesome and authentic Star Wars story. Yes. Mm. It's and it's not like they just came up with something out of their ass to give you something fun to play because the game by itself, you know, not even taking Star Wars canon lore into consideration here. The game is so much fun to play. The combat's great, the upgrading system's fantastic. They nailed it. But now you throw in all of that Star Wars lore around it, inside of it. You know, you get characters like Saw in there. 
Wow. Mm. I mean, to nail a game like that off of an announcement basically coming out of the audience, you know, just some guy sitting down in the back. From humble beginnings. Yep. Uh, I mean, incredible job on their part. And I, I do remember that panel because I was watching it because at the time I was still a big Battlefront 2 player and a big Battlefront 2 streamer. So I was excited because that was the panel where they announced Grievous, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Dooku. And that's yes. why Fallen Order took the back seat. And they were right. just like, yeah, there's this game because it doesn't matter because look, General Grievous is coming. And to <laughs> okay. see how that, that really played out, Battlefront 2 is almost dead at this point. They left the game so broken, which breaks my heart because oh, I'm- Oh, dude, it's- yeah. I mean, I, I made YouTube videos on it. I streamed, about, I, I streamed it almost daily from when it came out for like the whole first year. I went through all that crap, all the hate with the game. I love that game so much, and they left it in such a terrible place. And looking back now, the contrast is kind of interesting, seeing how Battlefront 2 has fallen off, but Jedi Fallen Order absolutely just slayed it. And it was just like a back-end, like, here you go, here's some information. We're giving you this game, now leave us alone. Let's get back (laughs) to General Grievous. Wow. Weird, yeah. weird stuff, man. I mean, I think it helped that from what I've read, from what I've read from some people and listened to, Respawn basically told EA to screw off. Like in terms of just like we don't want your hands in this game. Like give, like give us the development keys to the kingdom and you're golden. So like that's what I've heard, and like I've also heard like rumblings that like they kind of don't want to work with them again. But like, what hey man. If you put them hands off, this is what you get. So that's, I think, the thing that should happen. I'm not sure if it was a documentary I was watching on Jedi Fallen Order or if it was just like a like a YouTube series or something. But I remember like there's a – it might just be part of the game. But there's like some bonus material where like they filmed the game in production and they were like – I don't know what the – am I drawing a blank here? What is this called? I don't – I think it's just – at least on YouTube, it was called The Making of Star Wars Jedi Fallen. Yeah, I remember watching that. I remember thinking to myself, these guys all are very passionate about this. Like, everybody that worked on the game really felt like they were in it wholeheartedly. Like, it you looked like... hell. Yeah, and, like, especially when they sat down for their story meetings, like, everybody was taking it really seriously. And, like, the, you know... They were talking about just small, very minor story elements. Yeah. And it was just like, these guys are taking this very small part very seriously. And they really wanted to make it the whole thing feel very, very authentic Star Wars, as you said. And it shone through in the game. You know, when you're not, when you're playing a Star Wars game, when you're watching something Star Wars related or anything like that, and you don't double think it like you're not like this doesn't feel like Star Wars. You know it's authentic. Like you like yeah. you know they did a good job because your brain automatically goes into this is Star Wars. And Jedi Fallen Order from the moment I turned on that that menu screen and the music comes up, boom! Like like you're just kind of in it. And I, I don't know what it was about it. I don't know you know now that the soundtrack has come out and people are enjoying that in its own right. Just from the word go. That game never made me question it. Like, it was just like, this is Star Wars. This is going to be cool. And I just, like, I think I played it in, like, two or three different afternoons. And it just, it blew by, and it was great. And, like, I never questioned it. And I think that in of itself 
speaks to the the beauty of that game. Yeah, they oh. they oh, nailed yeah. it. You know, they they could not. I can't think of a way that they could have made the game better, and that speaks to it. There's like one or two story things I, w- I wish they did differently, but like it was really. In terms of just the story, but in terms of other than that, in terms of the story, it was just A plus because it was so character driven. Yeah, it was. And speaking of characters, let's talk a little bit about your favorite character. Let's talk about Calcastus. Yeah. So for those listening, and you might know this already, but if not, my favorite Star Wars character overall across all mediums and all narratives is Calcastus. And I can't really remember where my love for the character started. I think it was in back in like September or October where Cameron Monaghan was doing like interviews, video interviews left and right about Cal and who he is as a person. And like, I was just listening into, listening into those, getting a sense of who he is. And I was like, this character sounds pretty cool. But like, I never really got a sense of who he was until like I played the game like multiple times. Like for me, I've, I've found that if I find a story enjoyable, I go through it multiple times. Firstly, to get like the sort of big picture narrative, like where does this fit in the universe? What is the sort of, what are these planets, these creatures and all this? And then it's more dissect the characters. So with Cal, it's funny too, because a bunch of friends of mine, when I tell them, when I now tell them, oh, Cal's my favorite character, almost all of them say, oh, we knew that that would be the case. And like, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. But like, despite all the evidence going against this train of thought, there was a very, very small part of me that thought this game might suck. Mm. And like, all the evidence was against it. Solid panel, Respawn is a great developer. It's character, character story driven. It's just everything again, like so, the solid gameplay reveal that we got at EA Play. Everything was against it. Yet there's this small part of me that was like, what if it kind of sucks? And I'm like, well, yeah, you never, shush, you never know with games like that, you know, like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're hit or miss, especially story driven games. If the story isn't well thought out and the characters don't have a lot of depth to them, I mean, pack it up that's all she yeah. wrote there's I only mean, no, so much cool gameplay you could do to cover that yeah exactly and like i think the moment i can't really remember the moment i fell in love with cal but i think it was something to do when cameron was talking about like his sort of volatile force connection and first i'm like ooh, that's kind of interesting i want to see how that plays out and then i still can't find it for the life of me but i swear i read i watched some interview where a few respawn developers were talking about like the meditation points that you have in the game. And they're like, yeah, we're still trying to think of a narrative purpose for them. And I'm like, dang, they're really going in on the story. If they're trying to think of a narrative purpose for these meditation points. So like freaking when I find out that Cal is a damaged connection to the force, I'm like, okay, okay. That's kind of cool. And so literally when the text pops up of, Cal has healed his connection with the force. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. I'm yeah, in. This right. is, this is it. It's, it, you I know, was, it's it, that in Cal, in Cal's character is very unique in star Wars in general to have like force PTSD. Yeah. Is very unique. He, you know, even in legends, that was never really a, a thing too much. I don't think so. It to really bring that into the forefront is kind of awesome. No, like dude, to be great. 
the fact that Respawn were the pioneers of that sort of force bond connection, which for Order 66 makes total sense, yeah. right? Like something that would cause PTSD in a Jedi, that makes that that's so cool and that's very unique to that game. So I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I think you like, guys are all in on it. You're good. No yeah. one can wait to talk about this. I know. <laughs> it, it gives the one thing I like about it is that not only it gives Cal a lot of character, it gives the force more character. Yeah. And I think the other thing that gives the force a lot of character in this game is when when you go when you go to Ilum and Seer said and like Seer says to him, like, oh, every Jedi faces the dark side and it's very easy to fail. And then he says, You're still struggling with the dark side, even after cutting yourself off from the force. And I'm just like, okay, that adds a whole new weird layer to it. Yeah, it almost it almost makes you think like the force is just not something you can choose to switch on and off. Like it's yeah. kind of with you whether you like it or not. And I think it's, that's it's sort of like thing. this baggage for some people almost. Exactly. And I think that's another thing the game touches on, like in one of those sort of side conversations you can have with the characters until they tell you to fuck off. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the conversations, Cal asks Seer about her cutting herself off from the Force, and she says, like, can you still feel the Force? And me thinking, well, she cut herself off. How the heck could she feel it? And so when she said yes, I was like, oh, okay. I was completely wrong on that. But she said, instead of opening myself up, I just push it back down. And I'm like, what? My mind's just getting blown left and right. Like, what the heck? Yeah, um, you know, it, it brings two things to my mind, which is one, we know Luke Skywalker cut himself off from the Force. So that brings a whole new layer to his character. It's like, yeah, he cut himself off from it, but that means the Force had been trying to call to him, and he was like, nah, scram. That's that's another kind of interesting layer to his character. You know what that kind of reminds me of? That whole uh, Seer character and her like bottling up the Force and like just not wanting anything to do with it is Cade Skywalker. Interesting. Legends. Interesting. Who? Because he did. He wanted nothing to do with like Luke or any of that. You remember that? Like that was a big part of his character arc, where he would like do drugs and he was just like not about it. But like it still ate at him over and over and over. That's what that reminds me of. It's really an interesting part of the force. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in Fallen Order, the reason why people I think latch onto it and why people enjoyed it so much especially for the force connection aspect of it. I feel like the force, if you take the force as, I guess, like, uh, like struggles with your mental health. You're right? treading on some serious water. Right no, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I, but you're right. I'm not saying this in a bad way. Cause like I struggle with my own mental health issues. So like, right. I'm, I'm saying that it comes across as relatable mm-hmm. where Cal has, like you said, like force PTSD, he's struggling with his connection of the force. And if you take the force and replace it with your own mental health and something that maybe you believed in yourself once upon a time, that's now gone. And you compare those two things together. It lines up pretty perfectly. It is quite remarkable how they did that. And I think that's why a lot of people can find this story relatable and intriguing and so much fun to play. And I think it also could help people who have been through something heal in a type of way, which is interesting. It's very human. It is. But yeah, 
above that though, I am a huge Cameron Monaghan fan. Um, I, fun fact, I really liked the DC universe and I loved Gotham. So seeing him play the Joker or Jerome or whatever you want to call him. Wow. He absolutely nailed that. And then to hear he's going to be in star Wars right after. And then he comes into star Wars in a motion capture situation and completely nails it. Wow. I love it. So I get why people love Cal. So tell me the impact that Cal and the game really had on you. Okay. So to start this off, I want to go with like sort of my top three expectations I had going into the game. Okay. And the first one I think was that I thought the game would be a lot more larger in scale and less like sort of character driven. Like, I don't know. I just had this like weird sense of like, oh, this galaxy spanning adventure. I was like, okay, we're going to visit a pretty good amount of planets. But like we visited four, but we still got to see a solid amount of, um, of their planet, of the planets in the game. And I think that's another thing, slight sidetrack. That's another thing I like, I want more explored in Star Wars is like explore other areas of a pre-existing planet. I 100% agree. Mm. You know what that reminds me of is a Kessel. Kessel from season seven of Clone Wars. That's as soon as I thought of that. As soon as you get away from the mines, oh, it's beautiful over here. Dang, I love that. Exactly. Like there's, like everyone thinks of Tatooine as a sand planet. And I'm like, sure, but like what other cool stuff is there on the planet? It's like how Earth for us is like, there's totally, there's like so much different stuff here that like, not many of us have seen the whole thing. It's the same exact thing with that. But like with uh, my other two predictions were, I thought Cal would die at the end. Cause you know, he's, yeah, it only makes sense that he would die at the end. Um, and here's the funny thing. I kind of thought he would die by Vader's hand. Mm. So when Vader showed up literally in the game, I'm like, here we go. It's this is come. it. It's, gonna it's happening. <laughs> It's going to come true. The one thing I didn't want to come true is going to come true. Thankfully, it didn't. And then my third one was that I can't, I think one of the Respawn developers was talking about like all the characters and he said like, oh, even BD1 has a story. And I'm thinking it's a droid. It's going to be a pretty happy, chirpy, chippy story. Like how bad can it get? And then Illum happens. and it's depressing. (laughs) It makes you cry and you're like, oh. That got me, man. That was, oh man, that was horrible. That was that's rough, a, dude. It's a rough stories in that in that game, man. Absolutely okay. brutal stories. I mean, Cal's is heartbreaking, obviously, but like, yeah, but Sears, Sears, heartbreaking. Trilla's heartbreaking. Trilla, <laughs> dude, I <Sorry>. get him. <laughs> BD one, horrible. I was playing the game and BD one goes, and I was like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Seriously, like the whole thing comes, like yeah, yeah. Crying in Star Wars is totally normal, though. Like, I think think it's a prerequisite at this point. It is, like, (laughs) dude. To this day, to this day, the things that will always make me cry: Leia dying in the Rise of Skywalker. I will cry every time. I've cried every time. It will never stop. Chewie's reaction to it, man. Brutal. That's That's what really gets me too. That's. When when Leia lays down, I'm like, 
oh god then chewy reacts to it and i lose all self-control i'm bawling i'm in the fetal position in the on the corner of my room i'm freaking out number two is when fives dies in the clone wars because he's my favorite clone i have a very close bond with fives so when he dies i cry and then there's multiple moments during the siege of mandalore arc that make me cry every time very interesting um and it's just the way it is and you know what i'm not afraid to admit that star wars makes me cry bro real men cry bro real men cry bro pretty much in every type of star wars media i always find somewhere to cry real men cry bro it gets me emotional real men cry dude star wars as a whole is a very emotional story like That's that's it's bound to make you cry at some point. Something will break you in this universe, right? I exactly. cry at all the stupid parts. I don't <laughs> cry. I don't cry like when Han dies. I cry when like Han and Leia see each other in the Force Awakens. I don't know why I cry there. I cry like when Luke winks at three PO in the Last Jedi. Because, so you're not cry, don't, you don't cry out of sadness. You cry when there's like a heartfelt, touching moment. Yeah, that's okay. me. Yeah. That's me. That's fair. That's totally fair too. It, it, I, get I get that. that. It tickles my heart. Like when there's like I mean, something that like really sad happens. Obviously, I'm like I'm heartbroken, but like I don't I don't cry. But like it's those really intimate little those little moments, like the Han and the Leia and the wink at three PO. That I'm like. So you were calling me an emotional guy, but look at you now. Oh, oh <laughs> I said real men cry, bro. I know, bro. I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, so Cal and his impact on you. So, so going through the game, like with his whole reconnecting with the Force and his journey as a Jedi, it was like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. I like him. I really like him. And then, like, for some reason, one question that I sort of that sort of came up to me by myself, and then I started to like ask, was like, why Dathomir? I don't know why, too, because mm. like. Dathomir is such a dope planet. And then, like, I was, like, through the story, I'm like, why Dathomir for this story? So when Cal tries to tap into the Force, and then, you know, the Force is like, nah, fam. And then he goes to them, and then he meditates, revisits his past, and then you cut back to him facing Jer- that dark vision of Jareth Paul and the you are no Jedi scene. When that ended, I'm pretty sure I put the controller down, and I was just like, oh. So mm. that's why they chose Dathomir. And I think that was the moment where, like, I fell in love with Cal Kestis as a character. I, I knew after the game ended, I was like, he's definitely top three, but I didn't realize he was, like, my favorite. Mm. And I realized he was my favorite because of two reasons. A, his journey as a Jedi was just freaking fantastic. For a lot that Rise of Skywalker, to me at least, was kind of iffy on the one line. And that entire movie that will always get me is confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Like I've never heard a more all-encompassing line of every Jedi's journey. It literally mm-hmm. describes Kanan's journey, Ezra's journey, Cal's journey, Obi-Wan's. It applies to every single Jedi you see. I have to and- mention Vader now too, because you know, typical Vader guy here. Um, I mean, that's where Anakin failed because he tried to, co- he confronted his fears in the wrong way. And right. that's what turned him. So it's the yeah, it works for literally everyone. Oh, dude, agreed. Even the Seth too, I'd say. Like, I mean, there'd have to be like an inverse per se. But um, his journey as a Jedi, and then I think one thing that I re- that Cameron 
brought up in interviews and that was sort of exuded in the game was like his optimism and the fact that despite through pretty much all the odds being stacked against him, he was still like, we're going to get through this. That's one thing a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine have described me as, is this like optimistic person. So I was like, huh, I see myself in this character. And that was like never really the case with many characters. Like my top character, I think, before Cal was Ahsoka. And I think that was just because like, she's a dope character. But I never really had any emotional resonance to her. And I've slowly realized that with some characters, for them to be a top, for some, for some at least, to be a top character, dope, like just dope character in general. And there needs to be some sort of emotional attachment to them. Absolutely. I totally second that. Because that's the same way I feel about Han. Like, like, like I relate with Han in the fact that like, I think I'm a really, I want to be the bad guy, but I'm not the bad. Like there's just not, it's just not in me to be a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to be the bad guy. Like I want to be tough and rumble, but I'm not. Just like yeah. Han, like Han wants to be the, you know, the, the smuggler that does his own thing. But like, he's not. He just can't stay away from being a good guy. No, so I, I totally get that. Yeah, he's like, like Freddie Prince Jr. says, Han Solo is the reluctant hero. Yes, yeah. he's like, He doesn't right. want to be, but he just turns out to be one. I'll do um, it. <laughs> yeah, so we all have, I think that's something that people realize is we all have these emotional attachments to a character that drives us for that character to be our favorites. Like with mine being Anakin slash Vader, it's because for a long time in my life, I mean, I was the guy that was like how Anakin was, right? Where you're on the outside, you seem like you got your shit together. You are this intact person that will do anything to help the other person, no matter what measures you need to take. But on the inside, you're dealing with some shit. And even when Anakin turns to Vader, he's still the chosen one. He is still that good guy. He's doing bad shit for the right reasons in the wrong way. And I think I've seen myself do that in my past. Now, obviously, as an adult, I've matured. And I, I, that's why I, I cherish this character. It's, I, I see parts of that character in me. And that's why you like Cal. You see that, you know, that optimism in you. And that's why you like Han because you want to be a dick, but you're not. Yeah. You know? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Like emotional significance in Star Wars characters, I feel is very important for people to touch on. Right. And it's something that everyone latches onto. Like last week with Priscilla, same thing with her and Leia. It's the same yep. thing. She sees that character in her. Now it's her favorite character. Yep. And right seeing someone whose favorite character was brought up in just a, a random game that turned out to be a masterpiece in its own and give us one of like the best characters. Absolutely love that. Fantastic. Fantastic think, use of the star Wars franchise. Oh, agree. Yeah. And I think another reason why is he sort of, and I touched upon this in my um, episode of Knights of the Nerd Republic with Carbonite combos. We talked about who our favorite Jedi are. So I brought him up naturally and very on brand of you yeah very on brand and one of the reasons was and this go and this is the case for many other jedi post prequel trilogy but cal to me is yet another strong embodiment of what the prequel era jedi should have been and i think the one line that sums it all up for me is 
All I do know is having a lightsaber isn't what makes you a Jedi. That's by far become probably one of my favorite quotes in all of Star Wars. You make me happy. <laughs> you as a person make me happy. That, I love you. That is a great quote. That is <laughs> he says I quote. know. <laughs> Dude, you're the Han Solo guy. What other kind of oh, response did God. you expect from that? This is fantastic. There's, there's two givens in Star Wars at all times. Someone says I love you. You reply with I know. Someone uh-huh. says hello there. You reply with General Kenobi. <laughs> yep. That is the staple of Star Wars fans. That's all the movie is, really. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. I don't even remember where we were. I just got really excited. Oh, hey, yes. my fault. Yes. Cal quote. Yes. I, I love that quote, too. And I agree with you. It shows you what the prequel Jedi were supposed to be. And it really highlights what they turned into at the end of the day. They were not who, were they, who they were supposed to be. Right. In the words of in the words of uh, Cardinals head co- of former Cardinals head coach Dennis Green, we are who they thought they were. Oh yeah. my God, <laughs> this is great! This guy's pulling out all the quotes. This, I love this, it. this is my favorite. This is my. But favorite you know what? Ever. Going off of that, it's one of those things in Star Wars that a lot of the fans don't get as well. Like a lot of the fans can't grasp that a Jedi is more than having a green or blue lightsaber. Like. It's a way of life. You know, it's, it's a sort of meta quote. Yeah, it is very when, when, meta. <laughs> you know, and it's you know, it goes beyond reading about being a Jedi and training to become a Jedi. Like it's your actions, it's your personality. It's a it's life choices that you make that make you a Jedi. It's, it's not in, in the force and confronting right. your fear. You know, it's doing the right things no matter what. You know, like it's not about how many Sith have you defeated? You know, you know, what kind of cool force powers you have. It's not about that. It's, it's not all the battles you've won. No, it's the person you are. And that's exactly what Cal's getting at. Is that like this object, these things that I, you know, they, the robes, they don't make me a Jedi. It's me that makes me a Jedi. Yeah, and it's, like, it's him and his bond like, with the force. Story gameplay disconnect where it's like he says that and it's like, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go cut so, up 40 stormtroopers. I'm gonna go, yeah, like I'm sorry, that's so cool. Like, dude, when you rebuild your saber after Ilum and like mm. the triumphant music happens, oh, great gaming such, moment. It's such a rush of energy, man. And then is you that, go and you just murk like 40 guys at one time. <laughs> that is that part of the soundtrack that that song is that probably your favorite track? Ooh. I think probably my favorite track, and it isn't even on the official soundtrack, other than Cal's theme and that specific track, would probably be whenever he, um, whenever he goes into a flashback of his training, there's like a sort of very quiet, force-like melody that plays that like I found on YouTube. Because as is the case with many, I think many, if not all Star Wars soundtracks, the official soundtrack is like the tip of the iceberg with what was presented in the medium. Um, the funny thing is, I never noticed it in the other. I only noticed it in the flashback training when you're learning how to relearn Force Pole. Right. And then mm. when I like watched some Cal's childhood flashback video, just for like research or whatever, I started to notice it. I'm like, oh, it appears in all of them, and it's just so like quiet and peaceful the way you need to be with the force 
I just got to tell you, the, a lot of the music in Star Wars does, I feel like if we had to put a characterization on the Force, it would be the music in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like the thing that represents the Force a lot of times in the movies and the, the video games, especially now that you just brought this up, is the music. Like it's not seen, but you can hear it and you can feel it through the, the soundtrack. Yep. That's, I think that's another thing I really liked with Fallen Order is that it's sort of, there was sort of that power aspect of the force in the game, which isn't surprising, but like it also touched on the spiritual aspect too, mm-hmm. which I, I really, really, really loved. I agree. So of course, Jedi Fallen Order, great game. It's now, it's all said and done, but they have announced that there's a sequel in the works. What would you like to see in a sequel? What's your ideal scenario in this sequel? So I'm going to split this up into story and gameplay. Okay. With story, it's pretty... I haven't really thought about it that much. Literally, the only thing I've thought about is Cal trying to rediscover the Zepho remnants. I don't want my boy to die, like, at all. And I don't think the writers do, too. Like, the, the first writer on the game, Matt McNavitz, who also wrote a few arcs of Clone Wars and Rebels and Stigas Musin, the game director, they both were responsible for creating the character. And I think that, and I think I would not be surprised if neither, if either of them were just like, yeah, we just want him, we want him to live on. So I could see him like going to rediscover the Zepho remnants in like the unknown regions or something as a way to explain his absence from the original trilogy. And I hope that's the case because I don't want my man to die. Other than that, I wouldn't mind the Grand Inquisitor showing up. I'm so glad you said that because that was on my mind too. Like I have really one criticism with this story and it's very like, I'm going to get crucified because of it. Good. That's what we like on this show. (laughs) I was not a fan of Vader showing up. However, it is completely well done but like the thing is i pretty much predicted him showing up like back in april i'm like oh i should i should have bet money on it i'm sure there was a line somewhere you could have i should have dude because like i was like he's gonna show up in some way shape or form and him just killing trilla like that was mm, that hurt man hurt but it was good listen you not liking vader showing up that was probably the hottest take we've had on this podcast <laughs> that that like hurt my I, feelings and it felt like a personal attack like i wish that <laughs> i wish that instead of vader it was the grand inquisitor but like that would have been cool by the same token the way vader was utilized in this game was just like right like yeah it felt i felt horrified yeah it was being, scary it was yeah, scary because like I, th- I feel like Rogue One sort of tried to rep, sort of tried to do that, and just like I felt nothing. I'm like, I'm not scared. He's killing nameless rebels. Like I was freaking out for one. Just for the record, I lost I was my mind out. in the theater, bro. I was over there freaking out. I threw my popcorn and everything. I lost my mind in the theater. With, with Vader, though, I t- I totally understand where people come from. People feel like he's being overutilized in all of these stories, yeah. and you know what? As a Vader guy, that's a fair criticism. I totally get that. But here's the thing. They use him in the comics. mm, He Mm. is used absolutely masterfully. Him in the comics is a whole nother level. Oh my God, dude. Amazing. So (laughs) good. Give me emotional Vader all day, every day. 
I need to see an emotional Vader on screen before I die. I just, I want, but like the thing with that is um, I want one of the comic writers to do the script. Yes. Charles, Charles Soule. Soul. Yes. 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 You guys yes. are Man geeks. Gets Vader. You guys are nerds. So Shut up talking with my Hans. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, bro. Real men cry, bro. Real men cry, bro. All right, so what I want to know is what do you want to see gameplay-wise? Like, obviously, story-wise, that can go in a million different directions, but gameplay aspects of it, what do you want to see different? The first thing that comes to me is just, like, deepen their already solid foundations of what they have. I think in terms of combat, being able to dual-wield the two sabers at once instead of just mm. having like because like i'm not gonna lie like i'm not gonna lie there was a small part of me it was like dude are we gonna have are we gonna get to dual wield and like kimbo lightsabers right like and i know i'm not there <laughs> and i know i'm not alone in that thought process because so that would be cool that would introduce like a new element for cal and just like maybe more force powers maybe like a stealth element to the game that's what nice. i thought we were gonna get in the in this game yeah i didn't mind that it wasn't there but like now i think it'd still be kind of cool for like cal to be sneaking around or whatnot. yeah looking back on it the stealth air quotes moments of the game were sort of like scripted you know like you weren't actually sneaking past stormtroopers they were just like like it was a scripted moment yeah so yeah i would love to see like a, a built-in gameplay mechanic with stealth where you had to sneak around and it would help you and benefit you in some sort of way yeah, even even if like in the game though, like even when you did have moments where you could get a little bit stealthy and sneak around those stormtroopers, you didn't have to do that. And it's more fun to no. cut through them than it is to be stealthy. <laughs> yeah. So requiring it would be a cool element that they could add. Definitely. I think one thing that I think a lot of people want is to be able to have not only other characters such as Seer or Marin tag along with you, but also the ability to play as them. Right. Like, dude, Marin, like playing as Marin with like the all the Night Sister magic tricks up her sleeve, that would be so cool. I not that lose my mind. Not that this would be like a cool mechanic. I don't know if this is gimmicky, but like I'd love to see each character bring something unique to the table that you would have to switch to them for a la Lego Star Wars style. <laughs> Oh, that would you know, be like, so funny. Just like this weird, like... A soul thing. transfer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Across the map, soul transfer. <laughs> but like, no, like, wouldn't it be cool to like have to switch in between characters in the middle of a level, like to have the characters work together to get through like a puzzle or something like that? Yep. Like, but you're right. Like Cal does all of the work. The whole story. I'd love to be able to play as Seer. Maybe she has some dark side abilities that could help you get into certain places or do certain things. And Marin could maybe be more stealthy because she can conceal herself in the dark magic. I'd love to see that. Yeah, Grease with Pilot in. Yeah, you could, you know, Grease could have like a mechanical aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would oh, be so cool. I would be so on board with that. I would absolutely love that. Just you like know, the, Lego Star Wars style, like you said. And the other thing that, that I think would be really cool is just having the worlds be more open. Yeah. I, there are some parts that are open. You know, they're like on Zepho, like the first, like the opening part in the village, very open. You can go a lot of places there. But like there are some parts like 
Kashyyyk getting to the top of the tree is one route. So like yeah. that's that was sort of disappointing to me because while I love the platforming aspect of it, I would have loved to have explored even more places from those planets. Yeah. I'd love to have more freedom in the game. And you know, maybe that's very triple A game of me to say, but like I feel like Star Wars kind of is conducive to that sort of game where it's a big galaxy. Like, let's explore a little bit. Yep. Let's dig around. And I don't need five planets. Three's fine. Make the maps bigger. Make yep. them more diverse. And like you said earlier in the show, I'd love to see other parts of those planets. Would have been fine with that. Would have been totally fine with that. That's why Kashyyyk, like, wowed me. In yeah. yeah. Like, when we got to see the Shadowlands. And the origin tree. Oh, it was amazing. There's a, the Kashyyyk's definitely one of the better looking planets in that game for sure. For sure. It is, but I do wish that you were able to explore the planet a little bit more instead of, like you said, just going down like this one straight path pretty much. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to like be able to go left or right instead of straight and kind yep. of see where you end up and just interact with like random Wookiees and stuff. Like that would have been great. So. I would love to see them spend more time also, I guess, more like back-end gameplay, like them working on the actual NPCs in the game. I don't know if yeah. you noticed this, Connor, but the Wookiees did not look – they all looked like they were anorexic. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I <laughs> Every have, single like, one of them looked really spindly. I've noticed there was like some update or whatever where like they don't look as bad now. But like, yeah, I remember – I think even in the EA Play demo, the Wookiees looked horrible. And listen, I get it. Wookiees and hair and like that is just not a fun time to code. But like, man, like we got to we got to work on the back end of this game some more. Like if yeah. we're going to do this, let's do it. I mean, let's get the graphics in. And now with this new generation of, of game systems coming out and the processors being, you know, that much better than they were on the old PS4. I don't see why we can't have this game just completely explode into something really, really, really remarkable. Agreed. I and they have the engine, so... Right! It's not going to take them forever to, like, build, build new stuff now now that they have the foundations in place. Yeah, and now, I'll, I'll tell you this, too. Me, I play on PC, and I play on some pretty high settings. You know, I have a gaming PC for those purposes. But Wookiees specifically... Every Star Wars game ever struggles with getting Wookiees right. Bad. It's just even Battlefront it is bad. Yes. Now Battlefront, Battlefront Two did better with Chewbacca and with the Wookiee Warrior. They looked a lot better, mm -hmm. especially for me on PC. I turned the graphics all the way up, everything on high. Oh boy, they look really good. But Chew, uh, Chewbacca, Battlefront twenty fifteen. He just looked like you know like soldiers in the military that wear that camo that just looks like a bunch of leaves yeah the ghillie suit yeah that's what it looked like he was wearing yeah it's just like, chewbacca what ghillie suit. This, man yeah so like they are getting better with it but i would like to see them take that to the next level now here's the deal connor i said this off air to fred this is my hot take for the episode i love jedi fallen order i really did and i want to get back and play it again i how unfortunately time is just not my ally at the moment i did not appreciate paying 60 dollars for jedi fallen order i did not think it was worth the 60 dollar price tag for the game that i got 
it wasn't 60. 30, 40 I would have paid based on the, you know, just based on it being single player only. It was story driven. You know, it was the collecting aspect wasn't fantastic. It was sort of forgettable. Story was great, but I didn't want to pay $60 for it. But I hope that the next game that comes out for Jedi Fallen Order makes me go $60 is a bargain. No, I get that. I feel like $60 is like a bit much for, for games, any even game. It's like the standard right now. I just like 40, I think is right. And I feel, and I'm, I'm thankful that's a, what, that's what they're doing with squadrons. Yeah, me too. So, but and, I, yeah. I think that just goes back to the fact that squadrons is going to be very one dimensional as well. It has a story, but it's going to be what, like an hour that they say, like, it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be a one dimensional multiplayer game. Yeah, I bet you Squadrons will be like a four-hour story um, because the Battlefront story, if you really like took your time with it and you tried to get every, not maybe not even tried to get everything, but you didn't try to speed run that shit. Even the Battlefront 2 story, which a lot of people hate on, I loved. But you could yeah. finish that story in, you know, four to eight hours. I think it took me about six to finish it. Mm-hmm. And I took my sweet time with it because I was appreciating the different planets I was appreciating the Imperial propaganda posters that are everywhere. Like, you know, they had some really cool details in that. And if Squadrons does a story that's like four hours, but then the main part of the story or the main part of the game is multiplayer, I think the $40 price tag is more than fair for that. I think that's a great, a great deal. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, I paid 60 for it. When I bought it, I didn't mind it because I I did expect, because like you said earlier, we heard that Respawn said, hey, EA, keep your hands out of my game. We're going to do this our way. And that got me excited. So, because, you know, Respawn's made great games always. So hearing that made me excited for the game. I pre-ordered it for 60 bucks, got my game. Everything was great. I loved it. I do wish I would have gotten it for cheaper. But at the end of the day, I played a great game. It kept me entertained. I had a great time with it. And it gave us a great story at the end of the day. But Connor, I want to thank you for coming on, man. This was so much fun. I say that with every guest, but seriously, like <laughs> this was a lot of fun, man. We, I've been wanting to talk with someone about Jedi Fallen Order for a long time. You couldn't it's, have picked a better person. That's why I picked him. I knew it. Like, you know, I, I think I've only been following you for a couple months now, but. That's a sh- I, shame on you. I know. Shame. Man. I it's know. It's whatever, dude. It just. I happens. don't really care. <laughs> thank you but it I think me and connor's like a day one for me connor's been following me for a long time that's right yeah i think you've been following me for like from way back yeah i think so which i appreciate thank you for your patronage i love it you got it you got <laughs> it and so like when i found out that you were on this podcast and i was going to be on with you i was like dude let's go <laughs> i was psyched yeah man we we have just like the best time just talking to people and having oh, we all love these it. in-depth conversations and me and Ian can talk for like 17 hours straight. Only pee breaks allowed. Um, pee breaks are barely allowed. Yeah, true. Um, I ran out of coffee like an hour ago. I'm dying of thirst, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's still so much fun, man. And like is what like you is. were saying though, I, I could not have picked a better person to talk Jedi Fallen Order with and the game has been out for a while, but we haven't had this podcast for a long time. And I think now that most people have like beaten the game, they've moved on from it. There's not a lot of chatter about it anymore, but you continuously tweet about the game and talk about it. And 
that makes me happy as a fan of Star Wars and as a fan of gaming and as a fan of Star Wars gaming. Um, yep. ah. <laughs> you know, that, that makes me really happy. So I, was, I feel lucky that we were able to get you on and talk about such wonderful, fun topics. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Seriously, it was awesome being on with, with you both. Dude, it's, it's one thing. I, I love being able to like all these people that I've met on Twitter over the last like several years to be able to get them on, do like a face-to-face call and just talk about Star Wars and nerd out for a while. Like there's no better feeling than that. There's not, dude. There's really not. So, so just for the viewers out there, why don't you tell us where we can find you all your, your wonderful podcast links and your Twitter link as well. So for, for everyone listening, you can find me on Twitter at Depo Banana, as has been said multiple times throughout the show. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at ConManJFO. Uh, you can find me and you can find me on Facebook at the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics, admin in the group with a solid group of admins on that team where our main mission and philosophy with that group is talk about Star Wars constructively, respectfully, and positively. A very uh, rare thing in the Star Wars fandom. No, we totally get it. And then you can find the podcast I'm a part of is the Nerd Academy podcast. But we have three shows. And the one show that I'm consistently on is the Star Wars segment of the show, Knights of the Nerd Republic. You can find the Nerd Academy podcast on our website, on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, um, and a few other links that are just not coming to me right now. Probably like Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, all those. Yeah. He's had experience. He, he's battling many of those. Yeah, I'm still, battling, I'm still battling Apple right now. We'll get and, them one day, my friend. Yeah, they, they think that my logo is copyrighted material. Persistence reveals the path. Sir. Wow. Nice Jedi moves. Oh! Incredible. Well, Fred, like we said, that was probably one of the best ones we'll do all year, buddy. Absolutely, man. Nothing beats just talking to another genuine Star Wars fan that has a genuine connection to a certain game or character or aspect of Star Wars that's unique to another person and can really provide some really great information for us. And you know what? You said it early in the podcast. Just watching him light up talk about Jedi, talking about Jedi Fallen Order just makes my day. Quite honestly, I know yeah. the viewer, the listeners won't be able to witness that, but like we're talking over Zoom and we get to see it, and that is just so so cool. Anytime I see anyone just like gush over certain parts of Star Wars, my heart just gets super happy because, like, I know I look like that. Like, if I'm sitting down watching the prequels <laughs> yeah. or I'm sitting down watching Clone Wars, you know, I go through the whole emotion cycle, and I know when I talk about it, I got this little twinkle in my eye, and. Dude, every time he talks about it, he just lights up and it's really, it really warms the heart. It's so nice to see. Well, I hope our viewers think the same way because this is what it's all about. And it's just tuning in to listen to a couple of dudes talk about Star Wars, something they love. And it just is really, really enjoyable. And it's something that we hope you can enjoy with us for even longer. Fred, why don't you give us our links that everybody can follow if they want to follow the podcast? Absolutely. So by the way, all of these links will be in the show notes of this episode. So it'll be a lot easier for you. You can click a link and boom, it'll bring us right there. But you can find me at 
Death Star Dispat on Twitter because, once again, the character limit destroys my life. 15 character limit. Absolutely. Or is it 14? I don't know. It's something, but I'm short. So Death Star Dispat on Twitter. You can find me at Death Star Dispatch on Instagram and YouTube. Yes, I got the whole name that time. Mm. And, and Ian, of course, you can find me at Talk With My Hans underscore on Twitter. And then, of course, on YouTube, Talking With My Hans. It's the little picture of Han Solo looking like a complete doofus, red ring around the side. Come on by. We got a lot of videos coming up. All right, guys. Thank you all, all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Hopefully, you enjoyed our banter per usual. And once again, all of Connor, a.k.a. Depa Bananas, links will be in the show notes. So please be sure to follow him. He is a must-follow in the Star Wars fandom. So thank you again. Hope everyone has a good night. We're so happy to see you, sir.